Uh, if you'd like to open up again to Ruth, we're going to uh, have a look at our message now in Ruth. Um, please forgive me if I um, pause and um, splutter a bit. I've just got my asthma playing up this morning, uh, but I am medicated. I want to begin with the question, where do you find rest? Uh, as a parent of a nine-month-old baby girl, um, Mel and I haven't found rest for about nine months, and of course Mel has been much more affected than me. Uh, but um, I was uh, a presumptuous young man uh, before kids. When I was newly married, uh, all the times that I wasted so much precious sleep doing stupid things by staying up late, watching TV um, or reading a book um, because I could just sleep in uh, without kids and catch up on my sleep. But all that changed uh, when uh, our first child was born and the world shifted from a focus on me to a focus on this little human dependent on you and demanding of you, uh, crying throughout the night, demanding uh, to be taken care of. And so a sleep-in became anything past 5am and uh, that's still the case with Indy. Well, uh, let's just say it's been a while since I've been able to find rest but uh, what I used to find rest in has now changed and I have to find it in other places. I now find rest in the joy of being a father uh, so that while I can be a living zombie, uh, dead, tired, exhausted uh, because I'm not finding rest in sleep, I'm able to find rest in another location, uh, the joy of being a dad. You see, uh, we can find rest in a number of different places. The rest of satisfaction the rest you find in special relationships. The rest you find when your world is as it should be. The rest when things are in order. The rest of getting away or the rest of routine. The rest of being organised. The rest of being full in life and many other things. Now rest is a great thing to pursue, especially when you don't have it. And if you don't feel like you have to pursue rest, then don't worry, your time will come. Uh, friends, rest is good and it is healthy and it is a gift from God. That as his creation, we are to rest and God himself even rested on the seventh day. Rest even reminds us that we are not God because we need to rest due to our limited capacity. And what we're going to see in this passage today is the pursuit of rest. We're going to look at three proposals as Naomi produces, sorry, pursues rest for Ruth. Uh, firstly, Naomi's proposal. Secondly, Ruth's proposal in 7 to 9. And thirdly, Boaz's proposal in verse 10 to 18. So three proposals in Ruth chapter 3 today. So let's have a, a think about the context for a moment. <clears throat> At the end of chapter 2, we're left wondering what is going to happen to Naomi's dream. What is going to happen to Ruth, the foreigner, a Moabite from Moab, as the narrator reminds us six times throughout the chapter that she is not from around here. Now, several weeks have passed with the story since the end of chapter 2. However, we see in this continual build-up of hope that Boaz and Ruth seem to hit it off and there is hope that Boaz will be the kinsman redeemer for Naomi's family. This, of course, meant provision and protection and ultimately rest for Naomi and Ruth. 
But by the time we get to the end of chapter 3, Ruth changes her status from single to it's complicated. Uh, Because as we see in our pursuit of rest, it's not always smooth sailing. Now in contrast to last week, uh, as we read through, we saw that Ruth was a foreigner from Moab, uh, Moabite, it's repeated six times, and yet here in this chapter, that fact is completely missing. Uh, Now in chapter 3, no mention at all that Ruth is not from around here, but what is continually mentioned again and again is the concept of the need for a redeemer. Boaz, our relative, Uh, you are a family redeemer, Uh, six or seven times in the chapter. So guess what this chapter is going to be about? Uh, Yes, of course, the redeemer. Uh, Now, first in the text, we see Naomi's proposal in verses three to six, her proposal for rest. Verses uh, one to six show us Naomi's proposal of how she plans to find rest for Ruth. Uh, Now, by all accounts, Boaz has been generous by offering provision and protection to Ruth. So Naomi's plan is, why not see if he's willing to offer provision and protection by marrying Ruth? Uh, It is, after all, his responsibility uh, as one of our family descendants, she would have thought. So Naomi comes up with this plan to see if Boaz would marry Ruth. Now, just to be clear, this is not the evil mother-in-law trying to sell out her daughter-in-law. No, she has the hope that Boaz, being a man of character and of love for God, that he would fulfill his family requirements, maybe even also the expectation to care for elderly parents. So this fulfillment is regardless of any romantic notion. Regardless of both Ruth and Boaz being people of great character and good reputation, but actually it's following through with the gracious provision of the law to see a family line continue and that the family name would not be removed. So we start off with Naomi's desire to find a home for Ruth, a place where she can find true rest. This is reminding us of the imagery in chapter 2 verse 12, where the search is for a responsible husband who would in love take action and function as the wings of God, offering security for all in his home. Now the place of rest, literally what that text means, is a place where all would be well for Ruth, where there would be a removal of her widowhood, a removal of her destitution by providing the necessities of life, food, shelter, clothing, and calming her anxieties concerning the future. Uh, In the ancient Israelite world, this rest, this wellness, involved a long life in the land, a happy marriage, prosperity, and many children. It's a powerful word full of rich meaning that we see play out practically throughout this story. Excuse me. But notice, uh, in order for the new to begin, there will need to be a death to the old. This is part of what is going on here with Ruth washing and putting on perfume and getting dressed in her best. It symbolises a death to Ruth's mourning, the loss of her husband, and signals her getting ready to remarry. So uh, now we see Naomi's proposal unfold to wait for Boaz um, to be there at the threshing floor. Uh, He was on guard 
supposedly protecting the harvest from being stolen or eaten by animals. And then to go and uncover his feet and lay there. But make sure it is him, because it would be a disaster if it was the wrong guy, right? Now, some people have tried to explain this idea from Naomi as some sort of plan for sexual relations, as if Naomi's advice is to try and get Ruth to seduce Boaz. But that's not what is going on here, I think. That, that would completely flip everything that we've read about the character of Ruth and Boaz. In contrast, however, what we should see is that Ruth's actions can be interpreted as a humble petitioner, uh, seeking Boaz's protection. This, of course, would make the most sense from what we know about Ruth, Naomi and Boaz. So secondly, we see Ruth's proposal in verses 7 to 9 her proposal for rest and marriage. In this section, we move from Naomi's proposal to Ruth's proposal. Naomi thought that Boaz was going to do all the talking, but it's actually Ruth who proposes to Boaz. You see, with Boaz no longer hangry and in good spirits at the time, Ruth begins to fulfil the plan by taking action. She uncovers Boaz's feet, lies down, She did get the right guy, thankfully. It was dark, and remember the story of Rachel and Leah. Uh, Now, look, uh, this is not something that I would ever recommend to anyone. Uh, It seems like a a way to get a restraining order against you uh, because it's not really culturally appropriate to do this uh, anymore, is it? Uh, And Boaz wakes up and he is startled, and who wouldn't be? There's someone at my feet. It's dark, so Boaz asks, who are you? And Ruth responds with, I am your servant, Ruth. And then she says, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer of our family. Now, Ruth's response is pretty blunt, clear and forward. What Ruth is asking Boaz to do is to spread the corner of his robe over her. This is not because she's a bit cold and needs a blanket. This is a symbolic statement of a marriage commitment. Ruth is asking Boaz to provide provision and protection by marrying her. I love that this phrase, spread the corner of your garment, uh, can also be interpreted as take me under your wing. So we have a wordplay here that Ruth is inviting Boaz to be the answer to his own prayer from chapter 2. It's pretty cheeky, isn't it? A bit like, hey, remember when you prayed for me? Well, you can do that. You are in the position to take action and fulfill the prayer you prayed for me. Why don't you make your prayer more than empty words by marrying me? Uh, Pretty forward of her, right? Now, I wonder if you've uh, ever been the fulfillment to your own prayer. Uh, Like perhaps you were praying for someone and then the Holy Spirit moved your own heart and mind that you can actually be the answer with your actions. I know a friend of mine tells the story of when Jesus changed his life. He'd started praying, Lord, what is it you want me to do now? Um, While at the same time, he prayed, Lord, please raise up more missionaries to go overseas. And guess what happened? He went overseas as a missionary. See, friends, God uses the Holy Spirit to remind us of our part to play in the body. We often notice and pray for the needs we can fix ourselves. While at the same time, having our hearts changed to be more like Jesus in thought and action. 
So do you think uh, at times that we might be in danger of deceptively using prayer as a way to try and outsource our responsibilities? Like, yes, I will pray for you, but I refuse to do anything else. We might feel good about ourselves because we prayed for somebody, but actually in reality we took no other action. For example, we might pray things like, Lord, would you bring more people into your kingdom? And God's perspective is essentially something like, who are you telling about me? Because I've chosen to work through the church, which you're a part of. And if you're not telling the people I've sent you to, then they will not hear. Or perhaps you might pray, Lord, would you help people to be more generous? And God's perspective might well be, well, how about you allow my generosity to shape who you are? And then you'll find people become more generous as you become more generous. Friends, as we seek God in prayer, he changes our hearts and minds, the way we think and the way we act, and we submit ourselves more to him, to expect more of God, but also to do great things for him through the gifts he's given to every single one of us who follow him. See, it's not talent that God is after, it's submissive willingness to be his hands and feet, his chosen vessel to work through So then how have your prayers moved you to action to see them fulfilled? Friends, thirdly, we see in this text Boaz's proposal in verses 10 to 18. The final section is Boaz's response to all of this. Because so far this plan has been without the inclusion of Boaz, the one that Naomi wants Ruth to marry. So getting him involved is pretty important, right? Uh, So then, there is a level of anticipation as we wait to see how Boaz is going to react to all of this. So we've moved from Naomi's proposal to Ruth's very forward proposal, and now we have Boaz's response to all of this. And what we have is his proposal as well. After all, the waiting and anticipation, will the plan work? What's going to happen? We get Boaz's response in verse 10, and it's great news. Success. Boaz is going to do it. He is indeed wanting to marry Ruth for the reason that she is what? Of course, of noble character. Her reputation is not just known by Boaz, but by everyone around the town. Boaz is attracted to Ruth's character. So, as a side note, brothers, friends, brothers and sisters, let us be people of character. Pursue people of character and do so in gospel community by becoming more like Jesus and being in other person-centred and not self-centred. Okay, but here comes the plot twist in verse 12. Boaz says in verse 12, Although it is true that I am a kinsman redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. What Boaz is saying um, is, yes, I want to marry you, but there is another who is a closer relative and thus has the legal requirement to redeem Ruth. So Boaz can only legally marry Ruth if the other redeemer is not willing. So cue the suspense music here. Uh, Now we're left in greater anticipation of what's going to happen. But notice... Notice how Boaz, a man of character, promises that either way, Ruth will be taken care of. He doesn't leave his promises as empty words. He gives a time limit and he sets off to follow through with action and to sort this whole mess out. 
See, it's a bit like the whole Mr. Darcy thing going on right here. And uh, the ladies might let out a romantic sigh while the guys stare blankly. Uh, uh, Don't worry, it's a famous romantic novel that stole the idea from Ruth. Um, Ruth heads back to Naomi to fill her in on how it all went, while at the same time not returning empty-handed, but bearing again another large amount of barley. The use of the word empty here is key because um, it takes us back to Naomi's words in chapter 1 where she stated that she had returned to Bethlehem empty. But now that Ruth has returned back from her encounter with Boaz, Ruth returns with abundant provision and the promise of redemption. It won't be long until they're able to finally find the rest that they've been searching for. But it's not in their hands, it's in the hands of another that they have to trust. Now I love how it finishes. Boaz has such great character that they trust him to follow through on what he said. No excuses, Boaz said he would do it and they can trust he will because of what he has done in the past. But we are left in anticipation. What's going to happen? Who is this new guy? Will or won't Boaz and Ruth be together? We're left at the end of this chapter in suspense and so we must tune in next week to find out what happens or you could just read ahead and find out. You see, we have to just marvel at God's gracious provision throughout this book, don't we? It was far from smooth sailing but we see God coming through again and again. Their quest for rest is provided for in their Redeemer. So friends, we know, don't we? that we can trust our unknown future to God as well because of his faithfulness to us throughout all of our lives and especially because of the cross in the past. Friends, Jesus laid down his life. He died on the cross to redeem you, to redeem me. We can trust Jesus today. We can trust him tomorrow because of the cross where he died. you can never question Christ's love for you. You can never doubt his commitment and care for you when you lift your eyes to the nail-pierced Son of God who went to the cross to redeem and provide the true rest that we are searching for. Friends, humanity can only find true rest in the one true God. This is because he made us and we have a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fill. This longing for peace, this longing for security, this longing for rest that we all have, it is because we were created for it. We were created to live in peace and perfect joy, walking hand in hand with our good and loving creator. But friends, we rebelled. We didn't want God to be the king over our lives and so we sold ourselves into the slavery of sin. And friends, it is only because our true kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ, lived the life we couldn't live and died the death that we deserved to die, paying our ransom so that we could be set free to live for him. It is only because of Christ that we can be saved. So, we can 
pursue rest in everything and anything else you want, but you will never know true rest unless you turn from your sin and turn to the one who offers you real provision and protection under his wings. The Lord Jesus promises those who are tired, weary and burdened to come to him and he will give them true and everlasting rest. Surrender yourself to Jesus and serve Jesus and you will see that the Lord Jesus is gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. The Lord says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So don't delay. Come to your Redeemer, Jesus, today. Let us pray. Our Lord, we thank you uh, for this story in Ruth, this story of love and faithfulness and provision. Lord, we thank you for the many ways that it shows us the gospel, the provision of Jesus for our deepest need. And we thank you that this story of Ruth enabled redemption to continue as uh, King David was born, as Jesus came through his line. And we pray that we would look to you to find the rest that we truly need in our lives. Amen. Amen.